Welcome to another edition of UCBS on Times Live. We now know who the ANC's top seven will be for the next five years, unless something weird happens. Um, and the question, of course, is what does it all mean? And the point of this edition of the podcast episode is really to try and create meaning. We can reasonably disagree about whether this is, as most media houses have covered it, an outright slate-based, inadvertently slate-based victory for President Saul Ramaphosa, whether we should all, regardless of political affiliation, feel excited that the country had not been, quote-unquote, captured again by the RET forces. I see it very differently. I think the media coverage in the aftermath of the announcement of the top seven is absolutely crazy. But I don't know how my colleagues see it. And I've got two colleagues of mine that I had invited to be part of this conversation, and I'm absolutely delighted that they are with me. Investigative reporter with the Sunday Times, Sabelo Skiti, who is no stranger to the platform and always gives of his time. Sabelo, thanks so much for being part of the conversation. Hey, thanks for having me, Sirius. And then Sam Mkokeli, who is a seasoned journalist, also worked inside the state before, so he understands the internal machinations of government, besides being a seasoned journalist himself, and also with um, Mkokeli Advisory as well. Sam, thanks so much for, for joining me. Yeah, th- hi, CBS. Thanks uh, for the invitation. Great to be here. You're listening to Eusebius on Times Live. That's this latest podcast on Times Live. And it's me, Eusebius McKaiser, exploring the major issues of the week. That means you're going to hear a lot of law, politics and ethics, how they intersect and how important these stories are in the life of all South Africans. When people saw their children must know these are sellouts. They put saliva on the paper. Mr. Julius Malema whispered and said, sing it, sing it. And then they shared that zone. No, I'm not going to apologize. Can I have my iPad, please? So they stole it. I was about to describe you guys as seasoned, but I don't do euphemisms. Old journalists. (laughs) (laughs) Well... Government spin doctor, short-lived, but <laughs> I'm not old. Season. I'm not old. I mean, <laughs> but I think of season. I think about salt. On the other end, you say like someone who's been around for a while is like, "Ish, why are you aging me?" <laughs> <laughs> but you know, in ANC language, right? All of us, our age group, exactly. we're babies. Yeah. We're not seasoned at all. I mean, they still have presidents that yes. are probably approaching. Yes, you know, I am. <laughs> actually, all I think the top all op- I think there's probably just two or. Th- years between the three of us i don't want to know who's the oldest the youngest we won't play that game but the youngest person in the top seven is our age group she's 44 she's 44 yeah okay she's older than me Mm. and the median age in south africa 20 what seven that is crazy yeah that is absolutely crazy it tells you all you need to know i mean (laughs) one of those videos that were shot at the conference i couldn't help but just look at this one okay yeah so we're all young by anc the other day I was praising SABC reporter Griselda Lewis, who has the most amazing underground energy. Oh yeah. And as peers, we are very bad at explicitly publicly recognizing each other. Yeah. Um, it's just not a thing we do, even if it's not malicious. So I, I thought, you know, let me actually say on Twitter, well done, you you're really fantastic. 
And she responded, which I think was meant to be a well-intentioned response, and says, thank you so much, Eusebius, for for recognizing us younger ones. I'm like, how? <laughs> younger you way. can't be that much younger than me. Like, what the hell? So I'm on a mission to find out, if you know, please DM me, what year Criselda Lewis was born in. I'm not convinced that the age gap is that much. No, no. Look, I'll tell you one thing. She's been in the industry longer than me. So, I mean. That's what I thought. If she's the younger ones, then again. I'm like, oh, us younger ones? Be that as it may, we've now got a top seven. I, I've got a strong view, but I want to host you you guys n- narrating your, your viewpoints first. Let me give it a bit of structure for our listeners. I think one thing that's missing, regardless of how you see the top seven overall, is an historical analysis of each of these characters. Who are they? What have they done? What do we know? What don't we know? If I was a weekend editor... I would put my reporters on assignment to produce that as pieces for Sunday. So that's an important reason why I've asked Sam to be here and Sabello, because institutional memory is crucial in answering those questions. We're going to come to that later. I want to start with where most of my listeners are at, which is just at the level of sentiment, Sam. This top seven, is it a top seven that can proverbially renew the ANC and set it up for doing better in the state? Look, renewal is the propaganda uh, in the ANC and it's yes. actually getting stale yeah. uh, because they have not defined the character uh, of the, the new. And uh, what we're seeing here is the ANC replicating itself and we can expect that the worst of the ANC uh, will materialize. Mm. Uh, it's the same players. Uh, they've been in the ANC and Cyril uh, Ramaphosa in 1991 was the guy with a beard and was holding the microphone when uh, Mandela spoke for the first time in Cape Town. Yeah. Then uh, Paul Mashatile is in his 30s. Uh, he's, a, he's just a graduated from uh, student politics and uh, activism around uh, the Transvaal. So none of these people are new. Uh, yeah. Gweda Mantashe uh, in 1991 wants to be an NEC member at the, uh, the conference of the ANC uh, in, in Deben and is a well-established uh, trade unionist uh, from, from, from the 80s. Uh, so if you look at the top three itself, I mean, where the, the bulk of the power in the ANC rests mm-hmm. uh, is Figil Mbalula, the, the, the guy next door. Uh, we know. Uh, so not, ANC is not capable. Uh, of uh, renewing itself. When yeah. it comes to the state, the problem with the state is the state, uh, the machinery itself. Uh, so many uh, vacancies and uh, it's broken beyond uh, yeah. a, a repair. So it's not going to be fixed by the same people who broke it. Uh, they, the ANC has no clue mm-hmm. how to undo it. A simple example that today, the Ministry of Public uh, Service and Administration uh, really is the human resources in government. That ministry is uh, vacant. It's been vacant for eight months. Mm. So whenever the ANC talks about a development state and uh, fixing the state, you know that is just a joke. Mm. If you could keep that job uh, vacant for eight months, it tells you. I mean, the state is the single biggest impediment to our economic development. Yep. Uh, yeah, so the, the ANC doesn't care about indictment. that. Yeah, the ANC doesn't care about it. Sabello, I kept mm. thinking about you in preparation for this conversation and our other colleagues, both at ARENA, and across the media who have done the minutiae of the work that became the bedrock of state capture. And even state capture aside, just in terms of pure technical competence, I think of how excited ANC delegates are when Gwede's name gets mentioned, Fikile's name gets mentioned, 
Tina's name almost gets mentioned. Nomvula's name gets mentioned. And I think to myself, how? South Africans are addicted to amnesia. This top seven is not exactly a top seven that can bat for an ANC that is imploding. Yeah. Look, I mean, and I was going to go exactly there, UCBS, because for me, I think the media um, got caught up, and I hate using the word the media, but, you know, political journalists who were there, I think got caught up in the fervor of the moment. Um, yes, it was a victory for Cyril, but only as far as ANC terms mm. go, you know, because it had come that close for him to, you know, potentially be removed at this conference. But otherwise, like Sam is intimating here, you know, for South Africans, um, it changes nothing. In fact, for me, I was going to say, actually, it even puts us in a worse position now, because um, what it does is that in Cyril's mind, this basically cements um, whatever that he thinks he's been doing for the last five years, mm. you know, which means that we're going to see more of the same. I mean, if you look at just how clumsily the whole ESCOM thing was handled, mm-hmm. um, you can see that the timing of that resignation and everything was built in a way so that ESCOM doesn't become an issue um, at conference, you know, mm-hmm. therefore taking Absolutely. away what ought to be a very real yeah. sort of Achilles heel for mm-hmm. these guys and something that Zuelim Kiza and them mm-hmm. can use. Um, so for me, it basically just says to him that, you know, more of the same, sir. Um, but I think for me, it's going to present a bit of a headache, right? Because, I mean, you've mentioned this thing. Um, he, for the whole of 2022, was basically talking about implementing the resolu- the recommendations of the Zondo Commission. Um, now, how many of those officials are implicated there? You've got Nomvula, you've got Kwetemandashe um, implicated in that, Absolutely. you know. And I mean, I suppose one can't help but also venture into um, a bit about Figel Mbalula there. You know, he's the Minister of Transport. We've got a transnet um, that is imploding um, where he ought to have a say. I know it doesn't mm. report to his department, but he's supposed to have a say there. You know, you've got many issues around public transport in South Africa. I mean, let's leave the trains and all of that. The state of public transport just in general in South Africa. I want to come back to the implications for the state, but I want us to, even though the ANC doesn't do so, separate party and state. This top seven for me, Sam, can't even resuscitate the ANC at an organizational level. And what I mean by that is getting back to a point where really important provinces like the Western Cape stand the chance of being in opposition to challenge the DA come 2024. We know how hasty the processes was of making sure that each of the individual branches meet the threshold requirements for a legitimate branch meeting so that they are able to feed into the overall process of eventually getting a representative to come to NASRAC. They've got a cash crisis. We know how crucial three weeks before an election the ANC election machinery is, it's often its greatest strength. They mm-hmm. do better at that than they mm-hmm. do in the state. Yeah, yeah. But without cash, Fakila and Mama Action can't be good organizationally and having wheelbarrows taking old goggles to go and vote. So my question to you is, having two deputy SGs and having Fakila in that key role, Will that give them better odds, leave the state out of it, to get their in-house business in order? Look, Fikile is an, an amazing character, um, magnetic, uh, electrifying in, in his style. 
Uh, you just remember how the ANC was fighting COPE uh, after 2007. Uh, Figuele did a, a, a very well. Uh, He's yeah. one of the guys who got Nelson Mandela. Uh, it was this almost similar to this wheelbarrow moment. Yeah. Are you referring to and you wheel him out, them out? Yeah, yeah. to go to, 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 to a stadium. And so they reduced uh, COPE's impact. Uh, so he did very well there. Mm. In following elections, I mean, they uh, elbowed him out, and Mama Action was in charge of the 2011 local election with Kwele Mantashe, and the ANC struggled because uh, mm. they were uh, threatened by Figile Mbalula. So he's the best uh, for the ANC, but the kind of politics uh, that he represents, that's all gone. Uh, his uh, reputation as well I mean, in social media and uh, his stint in transport, I mean, became Minister of Potholes. Mm. Uh, there, there are problems there. And the kind of intellectual heavy lifting that is required uh, in their role in preparing for uh, for the for this election, but where the ANC loses elections is in the turnout, this ability to get uh, mm. strongholds to go to to go vote, mm. and there's uh, millions of new voters uh, mm. uh, 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 coming on board. So it's it, 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 good luck to them. I mean, the money issue. Uh, I feel for Dr. Gwen uh, Ramakhopa. I mean, money tends to be dirty. Uh, she gets in there, had a talk, uh, his first public address. She was talking about intellectualizing beautifully uh, what uh, needs to be done. Like, I have a really feel for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might have to uh, have a curveball coming your way pretty soon. Because, I mean, money moves in a dirty way. The laws yeah. make it difficult. Now, the ANC wants to increase a threshold for the declaration of foreign money coming to the South Africa to maybe a five million rents. But that doesn't really help you. Yeah. Because the money doesn't even get to Lutuli House. And it, well, there's, yes. there's a comrade who's got two wallets. And there's a party wallet and their own wallet. And their own wallet tends yeah. to be bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Second last question on this organizational stuff. And then we'll shift thematically to the other things that I had outlined at the beginning. You referenced this already, Sabelo, that the generational element is important. We already in that cohort where we are not yet old, no longer young. Anyone younger than us who grew up in a completely digital environment with a different set of values, they are politically engaged and literate in ways that are chalk and cheese compared to the headspace in the world of a private Gordon, a Fakile, yeah. a Nomvula. And I wonder whether this top seven and what the final NEC composition is, although that might save them a little bit, who knows, whether they have the ability to answer Sam's challenge appropriately, which is to say, strategically and tactically, knowing how to fire your existing base up yeah. so that there is a high turnout in 2024 and potentially going to new constituencies. You can't take for granted that even a 25-year-old black kid whose parents vote ANC is a shoe in to vote ANC. Yeah. Look, I mean, for me, it's quite interesting, right, because that's a part of what I was looking at in the run-up to um, this Congress and then also during the conference. And, I mean, the sum total of these guys and the use of technology is when they, you know, design these posters, um, the Slade posters, yes. you know, th- that's the sum total of their engagement with tech at the moment. I mean, and they feel very to, cool. Yeah, you can yeah, talk to especially anyone. Especially when you see on WhatsApp forwarded multiple times, <laughs> then they think they've hit the digital yeah. KPI. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, and, and, and I mean, and I hate to do this, but I mean, you've got to compare it, for instance, to uh, the Barack Obama campaign, for instance, if you wanted to. Um, there was a use of technology there, but it was all like, you know, social media adverts, very short, very emotive, yeah. right? And if 
That's true. You were to think about it, if anyone in South Africa has the currency um, for that, it would be the ANC. Sure. Right? They can probably wheel out, you know, Madiba a hundred times if they wanted to. And some of them have got low barriers to entry, like Sam's Twitter spaces that go viral. Yeah. So, I mean, but but I mean... (laughs) They can't even manage that. Yes. You know, and I don't see that cohort of leadership uh, being at the forefront of doing something like that. I mean, Figure Mbalula, I think, is quite okay with social media, Twitter, but I think he uses it for a different um, sort of use than what it can actually do. He just likes yeah. to go out there and be controversial. Yeah. You know, um, but it's controversy without any actual mileage. That's right. Um, for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think. They, and I mean, if, if you remember that scandal uh, with Shaka Sisulu and them, um, when they doled out, I mean, that's the prime example for mm. me. They doled out a lot of millions. Mm. Um, but if you actually look at what the return was, all the return was was just controversy. And they were getting sued left, right and center by service providers who provided absolutely zilch, um, you know, from actually making an impact digitally. Mm. Absolutely. Let's end this conversation organizationally. By just giving a couple of lowlights in terms of these guys' CV. Paul, a friend of mine, said yesterday, um, I hope she doesn't listen because I'm going to weaponize what she said in a way that I don't think she intended, but it will be useful for illustrative purposes. I've met the guy before, you know, and he's, he's quite a calm character. And I said, friend, that's exactly the problem. This guy's been around. Hmm. Also, we're so used to shouty fakile. Yeah. Shouty Trumpy, that someone comes along, they look innocent, innocuous, friendly, and you forget to ask, what does even a Google desktop search tell me about their past? Paul is actually old, even though he looks young. He's been around. Who is he? And the same with Nomvula. We forget how she insulted our votes the other day and talked about picking up the rand. Mm-hmm. So the way we respond to just those two examples, Sam, and you can pick any others you want, Nomvula and Paul, we are reporting on their election as Slate Ramaphosa, as if those folks don't have CVs that need to be re-inscribed into journalism. Yeah, I mean, Paul is fascinating, a, a character. I mean, I... I, I don't know enough about him myself. Mm. Uh, the same way as you, yeah, you see, he's you know, tempted just to get into the car and you could drive to Alex. I mean, Alex is really eight kilometers away you know, and figure out where did this guy go to school? Yeah. What was he like? Did he play soccer? Is he an honest guy? Uh, what's his background, uh, really? We know he's. Um, history in, in government, in, in, in the Houghton government, and is, is also a minister of arts and, of arts and culture. Yeah. But nothing stands out as, as mm. a positive thing that mm. uh, uh, he did, whether he yeah. was a premier yeah. of Houghton. But he got caught up. He did eat at a restaurant. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that was when, uh, before, <laughs> in the 2000, he spent what, 270,000 rands on a lunch back then? Yeah. Now you add inflation, and <laughs> 12 years later. Like, yeah. So, yeah, look, there's, uh, there's some smoke around him. Mm. Uh, allegations that have never been proven yeah. uh, but also his governance a track record I mean he's been around for quite a while yeah. and we, there isn't a, a particular thing that you could associate with him and say it's innov- innovative and he, he, he did this yeah. and uh, going to, to Nomvula, I mean, uh, the Bosasa issues uh, the chicken uh, that she was getting from uh, uh, this terrible. Don't <laughs> yeah. forget the bribe packs, the premium whiskey, the brandy, you see, the parties, the fortieth <laughs> birthday party near Bosasa Park. But that I find in two ways, Sabelo, really 
deeply problematic as a mm. South African voter. Firstly, that someone like that can make it to the top seven of the incumbent governing party. But simultaneously, that the delegates put her there. She didn't elect herself, which means that the entire party's edifice is rotten to the core. And there's a nexus between dirty money, possibly stuffed yeah. into, um, who knows, Gucci bags or whatever the go-to company is these days. Yeah. How she gets elected... And this is conjecture on my part. I'm not saying this is how it happened. But I, I'm both flabbergasted that being implicated in state capture, she's in the top seven. And the fans of Ramaphosa, including some commentators, don't mention that because they love him so much. They smooth over yeah. her background. But also, what the hell does it say about the delegates yeah. that voted for? Well, I mean, it's the ANC, you see, because I think when Sam was sort of finishing off there, I just wanted to sort of say, but I mean, everything she did there is, is typical ANC. You know, someone would be able to sit you down and rationalize to you that um, this person was working for the good of the organization. And that's always something that you'll always be able to say when she's sitting in a meeting with comrades is that, but comrades, these things were being wheeled out in December. Um, and these things I did to strengthen the constituency around me. Yes. And some of the money that flowed out yes. of, you know, deals um, that I was involved in was money that went um, you know, to the governing party and to people linked to yeah. it. You know, so and, and at least, and this is a bad le yeah. at least, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, the party benefited. But it's not even clear how the party benefited. <laughs> it's not. Either. I mean, it's, these, these things were hosted at a uh, house. Yes. You know, sometimes they would find a stadium or whatever. But I mean, a lot of it probably, a lot of the benefit was more to her and her image yeah. in the party more than actually benefiting the ANC. And Sabella, isn't that also quite apart from her? And remind me, uh, you, you've got more memory on detail than I do. Mediocrity inside government itself. Yeah. I mean, what did she deliver on, all por on her portfolios? Look, I mean, did she also have scandals, her own sort of Ben 10 cloud around and all that shenanigans? <laughs> yes, uh, Department of Water. I was, I was going to that department, but I was going to go for the one that is hitting us now. You know, the crucial one. They signed this deal, you know, that was very sort of unclear with the Cubans around bringing engineers to South Africa to fix our water problems. But here we sit years later, our water loss is actually now in the region of about 70 to 80 percent. You know, it's worse than it was. Wow. I, I might actually, you know what, I might actually be wrong about that figure. Let me not put it down as concrete, but it's actually gotten exponentially worse. I, I just didn't do my research around it, you know. Um, and you can see it. I mean, in KZN, um, part of the big problem with rebuilding after everything has happened now is that you've got non-existent water infrastructure. Um, and a lot of it, for me, goes um, to that era, you know, in, in the Department of Water. We could we could do the same. We'll just take one more example of the others who are in the top seven. Presumably, your ticket onto the top seven should be to say, the last party resolutions is that we were supposed to do the following in the state for the people. Mm. This is what I've done. Please give me another senior position, maybe even a young promotion. Now, if you take someone like Guede, Guede has a negative word cloud association next to energy and security and the mining sector, parts of the political economy that you report on. And then lo and behold, the man is back in the driving seat and you ask yourself if you were utterly unemotional, a machine doing just marking next to KPAs, on what basis is this person selling a narrative 
that I did so well in the last five years next to what you asked me to do that you have no choice but to re-elect me. <laughs> funny, funny. Uh, you should take it down to K- KPAs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but Tasha's KPAs include the energy availability factor, mm. the amount of energy we're getting onto the grid, and it's actually been pointing down in the past uh, uh, three years. Now, mm. that's a, a slam dunk uh, wow. conversation, but I mean, the ANC finds it very useful now. He was dead uh, six weeks ago, and then uh, the re- near resignation uh, gave him uh, energy again, and he's the one guy. Pardon the pun. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> intended that. Yeah. So I mean, he he's back uh, quite strongly and got a two point oh. That's what we 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 gonna get, and uh, there's noise at the conference that Eskom must fall under his department. Uh, well. Uh, I don't know what that solves. Um, no. uh, DPE doesn't have enough people. It doesn't have an engineer in, in the energy department who's uh, senior enough to do anything about it. So moving into Guadamantasha's department doesn't it doesn't help. It doesn't have the capacity. No. Uh, they, I mean, it's a trillion rand asset, and uh, the uh, DMRE, DPE, same, same, same thing. So uh, my producer page yesterday asked me for sort of two, three minutes summary of, of, of what I thought as my immediate response to the top seven. And I want to I want to just reiterate um, what I had said in essence, and that will be my closing remarks, and then yours, Sam, and then Sabello, because the overall question for our readers and listeners to this podcast is, okay, how should we feel about this ANC, um, given the top seven? Obviously, the same question will be posed more completely once we have a composition of the ANC. And my take is, don't believe the hype, including. From some of my colleagues in Arena, we are a company that is comfortable with agreeing and disagreeing. Our columnists see it differently, and that's par for the course. And, you know, kudos to the owners of the company. My own view is that um, the president is still mediocre. The president still has ethical questions to answer. He's still going to be indecisive. He still has some of Jacob Zuma's keepers inside his cabinet in key positions around the world geopolitically as um, ambassadors. Um, and none of the structural issues in the economy are going to be dealt with. And this idea, which Zizi Cordua punted last night, that he's now free in a second term without the burden of needing a third term <laughs> to do what he needs to do. We've seen that movie play out in the USA all the time. The myth that a second term presidency gives you the freedom to be decisive. So I think we're going to remain sluggish. Mm. And um, the idea that this is sort of a Ramaphoria comeback is at best a desperate psychological need for good news, but I think it's naive. Sam, is that too negative? How do you see it on balance? Look, uh, it could be could have been worse. Uh, could have ended with the Tina Joma Peterson for the Ramaphosa camp. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, they, 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 wanted, colored people, uh, they, they wanted Tina as, <laughs> as a token colored representative yeah. on the top seven, uh, and then that didn't work. Uh, that's one thing that could have gone wrong for the Ramaphosa camp. Uh, it still went wrong. They don't have uh, non racialism in, in, in this new uh, top seven. It could have been uh, Zwelim Kize and a bunch of uh, doji people mm. uh, at the same time. We, we didn't get that. But okay, fine. Uh, on its own, the top seven, I'm negative about it. Yeah. I completely agree with you about uh, this mythical expectation that uh, Ramaphosa will all of a sudden become a more decisive uh, president. Yeah, Look, he's a nice guy. 
terrible politician, very weak. Yeah. Can't take a yeah. decision. Uh, he doesn't have drive. He doesn't have hunger. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't want to do the job. He's really just and being a nice guy is not good enough, right? Because the one thing about the ANC politicians, sorry to interrupt you, because it is a, it's it's this thing I love saying to people who often ask me, aren't you scared of politicians? How do you guys interact with them? Like when you bump into each other, most ANC politicians, and I only say most to not catch myself afterwards if there's an exception are really nice people mm. but that's never been a necessary or sufficient requirement for good governance for leadership yeah. no I mean we had They're S- nicer people than the DA we had, sure. S- we had ESCOM without a chair uh, for too long yeah. more, more than two years you know, that board was just uh, uh, wasn't strengthened because Ramaphosa is a nice guy who doesn't do his job yeah. yes yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I'm negative about it. He's now beholden uh, to Kuda Mantashe, to all the people around him. Paul Mashatili, who came from a different uh, kind of politics to him. Uh, he's really, they've turned him around. He's a hostage to the ANC and his dirty, terrible, dysfunctional politics. Mm. Sabelo, you're going to have the last word. For the sake of our readers, please tell Good Sam goodness. and I that we are wrong. <laughs> Yeah, look, um, as you were speaking, I mean, I was sitting there and I'm thinking like silver lining, silver lining. Tina, I could have been Look, look, for I me. I mean, Musa tried last week in Sunday Times and I thought, I'm okay, man. Stem be so. At least try to give space to this guy who was like, in other countries, you would not see such vigorous debate about the president on, on S89. I almost called him up and I said, I love you to bits. Thanks for being there with the constitutional design in the 90s. Yeah. But if you set your sites low enough you will never be disappointed mm. don't write a whole sunday times article saying isn't it beautiful to live in a country where you have freedom of speech funny enough he had the iran example in mind where you can be executed that's a standard yeah. <laughs> look i mean okay. you find a silver lining somewhat right okay and i mean please guys go with me here till i get to the end suffer with me um so one of the things that for me was quite worrying about this william kizer campaign um and it took me back to the eastern cape elective conference where the regional secretary of amatole was addressing delegates uh, he probably in the two weeks prior to that had just gotten off um, a corruption case that was at the High Court Mtata. And mm. I mean, it was dismissed. I think the, the NPA, oh, it was actually dismissed by the court. Mm. So he then says, part of the problem that they have with the current administration is that they are not protecting them. You know, um, it's an ANC that is subjecting leaders and comrades to DCs. They are suspending them. And it was a real gripe. And the more I looked around, mm. even in other provinces, a lot of people were saying this, and I think these are the people that were sort of uh, coalescing around Zuelim Kize. And Zuelim Kize being the one who was implicated in that SIU report around digital vibes was obviously running with this. So the fear that we had um, was that you're going to have a leadership that is going to, on its first day, probably take a lot of decisive action about further destroying um, you know, our law enforcement agencies and our capability. So for me, the fact that when those moves were being tried in conference by people who were obviously seeing that if Ramaphosa returns, there's a chance that we might be charged um, and all of that. They were trying to sell this to the delegates and they were saying, let's take N3, you know. Um, And for whatever reason, the delegates held strong on that one. For me, and I mean, I'm not going to go out and say that this is now an indication of some sort of renewal or whatever. Um, I think that if we were to have a Cyril who then decided that I'm going to shock the whole world 
and I'm just going to go and not be half-measured about yeah. this entire thing. Um, this is the time for him to do it. Sure. He's got nothing to lose. And if he thinks that this last, uh, this, like Zizi Kodwa says, this is going to be smooth sailing, there's a lot of things that I think are potentially going to come around and burn him in the last 18 months mm. of his administration because, again, we'll be in conference mode. Yes. You know, we still have... You won't get there. We still have a question about end. SAA. You think? You know, no. where... And I think that the South African Airways situation, for instance, might be the albatross that ultimately drags him down towards the end of his administration. Are you that? 18 months is not that long. Before the end of his administration? Yeah. Mm. No, I mean, that means he'll have to spend three years, three years at least. <laughs> they, they, will you don't they will recall him. <laughs> I, think, I think Sabelo, that was a valiant effort. Um, <laughs> pull a... Pull a poor, um, page basically resigned on national TV last night, so there's a job vacancy there. <laughs> I, I don't know if you if you if you secretly a, a branch member, yeah. um, but but you're right. I mean, there is a lot. I I used to have a boring speech as a keynote speaker saying these are the problems with the country, and then like a good undergraduate from Rhodes, I would trot out the theoretical designs of our system that are cool. <laughs> But the more I'm in journalism, the more I'm forced to pay attention to real yep. politics and pragmatism. Yep. And you can't keep holding on to the theoretical design. Sure. And I think that's where the challenge is for us. Guys, I love your brains. I love your journalism. Um, I loved your piece three days ago, Sam. Although you should be careful because we all have Imi Kaba. He was accusing the ANC of having a bunch of old people with pot bellies and, <laughs> and cheese cops looking like Madiba's ANC from the 80s. News, newsrooms look the same. But thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Cheers. Thank you. Man.